Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Gridiron Blitz Podcast, your weekly source for women's American football, insights, game recaps, and NFL News Weekly. Subscribe on Apple and iHeart. Is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. Welcome to Great Iron Blitz, episode 423. Don't forget to go to Monkey Night Fight. Use the code NJF. NBA playoffs going on right now. MMA, PGA, everything happening at Monkey Night Fight. Get a $5 free play, and you get basically a free $5. You can make up to $15 on that free play if you get a more or less right. So check it out, Monkey Night Fight. Go right there. Use the code NJF to get started. All right, guys. Welcome to the Blitz, powered by Monkey Night Fight. We're going to have a great show today, two jam-packed hours of women's tackle football talk, and this is the place to be. If you haven't gone to the hub, go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash gridiron beauties and you get to see everything that's happening in the sport from canada mexico sweden and right here in the u.s with the two major leagues so check it out at the hub facebook.com forward slash gridiron beauties that is the place to be the best network on the planet exists right there at the hub so don't forget to go there all right we're going to have the return of the hall of famer in the house and that is holly custis of the utah falcons one of the top defensive in the WNFC, and Holly, how's it going today? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm not bashing, uh, bashing heads on, on on a weekly basis like you are, but we're doing good. Yeah, you know, um, I'm hanging in there. Um, uh, as you know, the older I get, the harder it's gotten, um, you know, physically, but I've gotten a lot smarter about bashing in heads now, and now I have a Massage therapist, a chiropractor. I have a whole team of people that keep me up and running now. Uh, what did you say? You got the NFL treatment going on? Is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I'm like, uh, you know, with the NFL, they have it all in-house. I have to go find my people. <laughs> oh, my God. I wish I wish that was that would be the case, right, the salary pay. That would be nice, though, especially after this draft. Oh, that would be awesome. Everybody getting all their pay and stuff like that. Oh, it's just crazy. Um, Holly, we're almost at the halfway point of both leagues in the WNC and WFA, and this is where it gets a little bit dicey because if you're not into that many win columns, you're really hoping that you're going to finish somewhat strong. If you're in the WFA, the Masseys have a lot to say as to whether you get in or not. If you're in the WNFC, you really have your own path, right? It's just it, you, it wins are a must. Oh, definitely. I mean – you know, we're halfway through, um, you know, I think basically halfway through both uh, league seasons, like you said. And at this point, um, I think there's some tight races in some places. Uh, so certain teams have uh, definitely come to play. Other teams are trying to figure out some things, and other teams are, um, you know, definitely in tight races. So I think you're at that point in the season where you have a couple games under your belt, you know what your strengths and weaknesses are. Um, you know, the really, really good coaching staff at this point have made some changes to certain things, certain scheme changes, or maybe personnel changes have, have happened 
injuries have happened and you've had to maybe replace people here and there in different spots. And so now we're into uh, the meat of the season. Uh, you know, the next couple of weeks you'll probably start to see, I think, more separation in both leagues. And then I do think um, in both leagues you're going to have some competitive races down the stretch on the back end of the season. All right, Holly. Um, everybody was on Nevada taking on Minnesota. That was the For the Fans game of the week. If you guys missed it, it was on the YouTube channel as well. Also, it's going to be replayed on FTF. And apparently they had some technical difficulties, so it's going to be somewhat delayed for the replay from what I'm told. But if you got to watch it live, uh, courtesy of SSTV, that was uh, on YouTube. Uh, what a performance. Uh, Holly, first, first uh, half was literally all Minnesota Vixen. Unfortunately, Grace Cooper did go out with an injury, so it didn't really hinder them until the second half and that almost late into the fourth. But overall, they were in control. Yeah, you know, I think uh, Grace has established herself as a very solid uh, running back, and I think that uh, Minnesota had a lot of momentum in that first half. You've got to give credit to Nevada, though, for, for sticking that out and doing what they needed to do to pull that game out. I just I can't talk enough about the development of that program. You know, I've said this a few times now, but, you know, I played that team, I don't know, like four or five years ago, I think, now, um, when I was still with Seattle. And they, they had a solid team, but it seems like they just have taken off. And they're well-coached. They seem to have a really good culture, and I expect them to do great things in the back end of the season as well. So that was a huge win for them considering, uh, you know, the injuries they were dealing with, uh, having to come from behind. You know, you have to uh, tip the hat to Nevada on that one. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, having no uh, no plumber in, in effect also hurt them. So we had no Grace Cooper on one side. We had no uh, – no Jasmine Plummer in the other, and literally in the fourth quarter, Felker and Colangelo stepped up. They really created the run game. It looked like uh, Coach Chris Garza figured out a way to completely exhaust the Minnesota Minnesota defense, and it worked because it was just a one-play move, a sweep, 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 can you stop it? And literally that's how they ended up scoring. Yeah, and, and you know, like what we were uh, just saying, you know, when you get to this part of the season, the teams that are able to kind of separate themselves at times, even if it's a close game like this, it's those adjustments that really tend to matter, the in-game adjustments, um, figuring out what works. And, you know, I'm kind of more old school in that, like, you know, if you get in a rhythm and you're not able to stop it, like, why not keep doing it? Um, so, you know, I think you got to – Tip your hat to the to the coaching staff for that one. Yeah, Coach Barrett. I mean, he saw an opening and saw a weakness, right? And he just took advantage of it. Number one, he was just feeding Buckler the whole time. <laughs> Number one, and they couldn't do it. They couldn't stop it. And um, so, yeah, if you're Minnesota, it's somewhat frustrating. But you know, this is the game that we were all talking about at the beginning of the season, Holly, because this was the protest game for Nevada, and they 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 get the victory by two points, which shows them. They got Cali War coming up next week, so this is a Nevada's big moment, right? Yeah, you know, and and again, I think Minnesota is still a solid team, and mm-hmm. 
but yes, um, I think the the big reason why we're, we're talking about Nevada is because they they've just it's like skyrocketed, you know. And so I feel like they're still still going to be still going to be solid, still going to be around, still still going to compete, uh, you know, at the end of the season. And but you know this is a huge confidence booster that for Nevada to say, hey, we can play at this level. And it has to give them confidence, you know, going into next week because that's a that's another big test for them. You know what I mean? So, considering they've they've just shot up the ranks in uh, divisions the last couple of years here, um, you know, it's a, it's a awesome thing for that program, and it's a good sign, you know, for um, you know the WFA that you have uh, basically some new blood in in that arena. Now we have a big test coming up here, uh, Cali War. Uh, four, uh, forfeit game last week, but this week they, they took on D3 champion Arizona. It would, did not fare very well to the Outcasts. I thought the Outcasts would at least score some points there. Did not, so they get the donut shop. Uh, Cali Ward does. So 55-0. to zero. So uh, Ashley Salerno, which will be here in about 45 minutes to kind of talk about this huge transition from that uh, aspect of Cali Ward in terms of the quarterback stance. Uh, big game for them against Nevada this week. And that's going to be interesting to see how they're going to fare against them. And Nevada's their big rival. Uh, I mean, uh, Cali War is the, Nevada's big rival right now, Holly. And this is this is probably the big test. We get two back-to-back weeks where this team has to prove themselves whether they belong in pro. And uh, week one's in the book, so now they got they face their West Coast rival. Yeah, you know, like Cali War has been around for a long time, and they've always been very competitive. Even their "quote unquote" uh, down years are still very competitive. So I think you know um, this is an opportunity for both teams. This is an opportunity for Cali uh, to get more momentum going into the back end of their season. Uh, you know, it looks like um, they do play each other twice, so it's going to be really interesting to see uh, the matchup, the first game versus the second game, and see who makes what adjustments where. Um, but I definitely think these two teams are going to be battling for the pro uh, side of the, the, their conference and the pro uh, division. Um, so I think it's going to be a really fun game to watch. All right. So the other roundup for the WFA before we go into the uh, Mikey Knife Five huddle uh, with the Texas Elite Spartans champion, Texas Elite Spartans. That's Olivia Griswold. It's going to be Bree Ward and uh, Hannah McEwen in the house to talk to uh, talk to us about the first half of the WNFC and what they see for next uh, the next couple weeks coming up here before we get to the nine cup nine cup playoffs. So um, Holly Cali War is going to go on, on next week five. Let me see. I'm just telling. Okay, so we got Minnesota Vixen Arlington. Minnesota coming off that uh, you know edge loss, a two point loss. Arlington coming off a great win. So that's a, a clear a clear matchup there in pro. So. Interesting to see how Minnesota will rebound. You got New York Wolves just on a tear, four and zero in D two. I don't see anybody, uh, you know, taking taking them down. And this is their biggest test, which would be Baltimore this week. So, uh, what's your feelings on New York against Baltimore this week? Yeah, I think that's a really good matchup too, especially for the for that division. I think that, you know, it's really good to see. Um, the New York team, you know, having a really good year. Um, I really think that this might uh, definitely play a factor in the playoff seeding and the Massey, the Massey ratings going forward. 
I think it should be really fun to watch. I'm excited to see it. All right. The other rivalry, the return of uh, Pittsburgh, also 2-0, and taking on Boston 3-0. and The Storm, Kusinen, uh, Mata, four touchdowns. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, it just seems like Pittsburgh's going to have to do a really good job here because it, Boston seems like on another level. Yeah, you know, on um, in that conference in the pro division, at, at this point, Boston's just kind of running away with it. I mean, I definitely think that Pittsburgh has a lot still in the tank. And, you know, now that D.C. Uh, brought uh, Amanda back and she's back from her injury, that is definitely going to help D.C. a, a bunch. Uh, but, you know, Boston's kind of on this tear right now that until somebody – uh, you know, uh, knocks them down. It's it's kind of theirs to to lose at this point as far as the conference is concerned. Uh, you know, but I definitely think that Pittsburgh, you know, has some talent. I think that they'll be able to put up some points, but it's just going to be a question of can they put up enough points because Boston has a really good oil well oiled machine offense. Um, so it's going to be interesting, but Pittsburgh's going to have to put up enough points on the board to be competitive. And Holly, you know the run game is killer for a defense, and when you got a dual threat in terms of two international running backs, it's become really hard for anybody to stop them, including you know the, the inferno yes. couldn't do much. So uh, DC, as you said, Kangaldi uh, back uh, under under Helm, to totally different ball game there. They're taking on uh, the inferno. I think this is more of a must-win for Tampa than it is for D.C. Because I think D.C. somewhat – they knew Boston was going to be a big challenge and they probably weren't going to win that. But ultimately, uh, I think uh, D.C.'s picture is in good standing. It will be Tampa Bay uh, to see if, where they stand. This is a bigger test for them too. Oh, definitely. I think D.C., um, their win last week against um, Baltimore was, you know, a very – good confidence booster to, to try to get them past that uh, Boston loss. And so I think, you know, while this is a good game against Tampa Bay, I, I do agree that Tampa Bay, this is a, a bigger deal for them. Um, if they're able to uh, knock off DC, then that puts them in really good position with the ratings. Um, but I definitely think this is going to be competitive. So we'll see. You know, if Tampa can uh, stop that D.C. offense, um, I think Tampa can put up points, but I think it's going to be more of can they stop D.C.'s offense. Uh, but that should be a really good matchup as well. All right, we'll dive into the WNFC in the second hour as we bring in Mark Simone, a.k.a. the backseat coach. We're also going to bring in a Luis Bean, the return of Luis Bean, former uh, quarterback of the Utah Falcons. And we're also going to have Nate Ward, in the mix as well in the second hour. So, uh, Holly, let's let's get into this uh, TES, which you're familiar with in the WNFC, and uh, these champs are uh, they're they're rolling. They're still rolling. They gave up a couple touchdowns in the last two weeks, Holly, which is not not normal, right? But Mississippi and uh, has put up some points there last week. Another couple points were given up on defense, but their third quarter, Holly, <laughs> uh, you don't want to see them after the half. That's the way they're rolling right now. Well, yeah, that, that's exactly what we were <clears throat> referring to before. The really good teams and a really good coaching staff make those adjustments. And even if they've given up a couple scores, I mean, 
defensively you want to never give up anything, but at the same time it's about how you respond. If something goes wrong and they're always going to respond well, and that's what they've done the last two games in those second half. So, you know, they're rolling. We'll see what happens on the back end of the season, but, you know, they're so consistent. So I don't see anything, uh, you know, that's going to tell me they're not going to be consistent the rest of the way. All right, guys, let's go in the Monkey Knife Fight huddle, and we're going to bring in the talented trio of the Texas Elite Spartans, the Nine Cup champions. That's Olivia Griswold, Bree Ward, and Hannah McEwen in a minute here. Fight is the fastest-growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy-to-play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Knife Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. All right, guys, don't forget to go to Monkey Knife Fight. Use the code NJF to get started and get a $5 free play on us. You can play NBA playoffs right now, PGA, MMA. So get started at Monkey Knife Fight. All right, the TES in the house, including the two uh, Canadian All-Stars. That's uh, Bree Ward and Anna McEwen. And uh, the my, my 2008, Holly, our 2008 teammate, Hall of Fame teammate, OG Olivia Griswold in the house. Mm-hmm. How hello, you doing? hello. Hi, thanks for having us. OG, how's it going, guys? Uh, OG, let's start with you. Uh, uh, first half of the season almost over. Uh, it seems like you guys are just angry after the half. What's going on there in Texas? Well, it's always been a thing. Um, second half is like starting over the game all over again, zero zero. So, in our mindset, the game just started back over once we go back into halftime. Um, make sure we make adjustments to the first half and um, do what we need to do and go ahead and get that W. I know everybody's talking about the scores and everything, but if you think about it, we haven't been scored on since 2019 for uh, in a regular season. So, I mean, hey, sometimes you got to get scored on in a regular season to get ready for the playoffs. So it's more or less getting us ready for the playoffs and making sure we have challenges in a regular season and, just getting prepared to for the big games and um, playoffs. And actually this year playing Mississippi and also having um, Washington during the regular season was a, a nice game and uh, something you would normally see in a playoff. So it's nice to see a playoff game in a regular season for the WNFC, stepping up the game always. Uh, Olivia, let's talk about those two games. Um Let's talk in a perspective in terms of a brand, not necessarily just a TES brand, but as a league as a whole. I think that's kind of refreshing, don't you think, that there's a couple teams that can compete at your level because it makes it more entertaining for fans as well? Yeah, it's like watching – I mean, like for the NFL, you don't watch the NFL just to know the Cowboys or um, New England or whoever's playing on Saturday or Sunday for the NFL, you know who's going to win with the landslide, it's kind of having an excitement and to actually bring in more fans and seeing that women are really out here playing the game like the men and you won't know who's going to win the um, game until the last second. And it doesn't matter um, if it's us and like we would like to have like in the going for the future and stuff where we're playing, we're going in on Saturday Nobody knows what the game is going to be, and each week is going to be a different winner and everything, which this year I think we, the WNFC actually has 
really um, done with uh, the West Coast, with uh, Denver and um, uh, Las Vegas out there getting those wins out there and having good season, never being undefeated, if I'm not mistaken, right now. So it's definitely making some change-ups for the playoff perspective for this year and actually not knowing who's going to be coming from the West Coast for the playoffs in a sense like that. So it's great to have the change-up and to see that everyone is definitely stepping their game up off the field during the off season. So when the season starts, it's, it's anybody's money for real at the end of the day. Yeah, and you're no stranger to championship ball. I mean, you were in Pittsburgh for, for a couple seasons there. You were in the IWFL, back-to-back champions. Uh, so, you know, you're, you're like a customary uh, opportunity is coming up in a couple weeks there where you're back back to championship mode mentality. So um, if everybody knows your resume, which we're all familiar with the resume, outstanding resume, and then also part of the 2010, um, you know, inaugural Team USA, so um, international champion as well. So, uh, OG, you got two Canadians here that were just so hungry to come to play ball, they just decided to just pack their bags and, and arrive in Dallas, which is what everybody w- would want to do, but they did it. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, you have to kind of make sure you're straight with yourself and everyone around you is on board with you to actually have a little bit of support with sometimes. It's not easy coming down here. I've done it myself coming from Pittsburgh and coming down here and starting basically all over. I had a short turnaround. I didn't know I was going to be coming down here and to be able to be here for six years and still be able to play at a top caliber that I am and having Bree and Hannah come down here, um, I can give them examples. And I'm a, I've told them it's not going to – I've – uh, after practice, uh, Bree had a hard practice one day, and we went back-to-back. She was playing office at that point in time, and I told her it's not going to be easy, but you came down here for a reason. You're here on this team for a reason, and you kind of – you're just going to have to do the job. It's not going to be hard, but you do have a support system down here with each of these ladies on this team. It's not going to be hard, but you have to sometimes get out of your shell, shell and get out of your comfort zone and just – ask for help sometime or if you got a question or if you just need someone to talk to or sometimes like we're here for you like I know sometimes I'm I can be intimidating in practice I'm all go football and everything like that but I've been in their shoes before and I'm just glad that they stuck it out and went through the hard work and you know what I'm saying now they're here they halfway through the season and we're going to be competing for another championship and they both been um, contributing to the team as they can, and however they, whenever the coaches call their name, they definitely stepping up and doing what they need to from special teams, offense, and Bree being on a D line, and actually, you know, what I'm saying stepping up and being with me, Shante, and Fancy on a line, and Tori, like those are, you know, what I'm saying we are all great players on a D line, and to be able to come and contribute and get that time and it's great to, you know what I'm saying, see the next chapter with TES and everything. Some people are, are retiring and it's great to have new blood on a team and it's, it's exciting. It's great to see Bree and Hannah on the field um, on Saturday nights and stuff when I'm on the sideline. So I'm glad to have them on a the team and it's just the start to also the international ball to get in with the WNFC 
and expanding worldwide while versus just being in America is going to just, you know what I'm saying, we could get, this is open, it's the door opening opportunity for everyone from the organization to each and everyone individually. All right, so let's let's get to talk to these uh, two Canadians here. Um, Bree, let's start with you, silver medalist, uh, international, uh, you know, champion as well with Team Canada. Um, Team Canada obviously looking for another opportunity in gold for this uh, upcoming uh, 2000 uh, championship at the IFAB World Championship. So, uh, Bree, wh- how's it been so far? I know you're, you're WWCFL, and this is uh, obviously now uh, the WNFC, and you're on a probably the top team in the league, basically. Yeah, you know what? I'm really happy that I'm on Texas Elite because uh, going up against them in practice every day, I don't know if I'd want to go up against them uh, playing on another team, that's for sure. Um, but it was it was definitely an adjustment coming uh, down here, coming from the WWCFL. Um, it's just kind of a it's kind of a different mindset the way that the league is, and there's a reason why Texas is the elite team, and there's a reason why they brought home championships. And it was a bit of a culture shock and an adjustment at training camp. And you know now that we're halfway through the season, um, you really kind of start to grasp how the whole system works and. Um, yeah, it's wonderful though. <laughs> I wouldn't trade it for anything. Now you've uh, you've played in different formats so far at this point. What's the the best position, or what's D? It was is it D or offense, or you know at this point contribution wise, what, what, what's been the best uh, you know contribution so far during the season for you? Uh, I mean, I'm on the D line, so unfortunately our last game uh, OG wasn't able to play, so I had to step up into her shoes so that was um <laughs> that was a lot but like, <laughs> all I kept thinking on the line was like I need to make OG proud I need to make OG proud <laughs> like don't screw up <laughs> no but OG's giving me a lot of pep- OG's giving me a lot of pep talks so <laughs> that, that's, no, been, big... that's been and you want to call her a legend now I would I would call her a legend now Probably oh, yeah. at, at that point. No, listen. I knew I knew who OG was before coming on this team. Like I I knew what she was about, and I was like, if I'm going to go to any team, I want to be on her team and learn from her. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's it's Bree. Uh, the WWCFL is probably a different level at this point. I mean, Saskatoon being the top team there, uh, Regina also being a top squad. So there's a couple, you know, two top level teams in that uh, in that league. But coming here. I think it's a lot of people wake, uh, you know, wake up and go, okay, this is another level, you know, it's a different type of style of feel, and the, and the Spartans have created some sort of a, you know, a culture mentality where you know winning is what you expect, you know. Yeah, and you know what, like coming onto a team, um, you know, the family aspect of the team really matters. Like I really valued that back in Winnipeg. Um, everyone had each other's backs, uh, but coming onto this team, it not only has that, but we're there to play football. We're there to win. Um, you know, Odessa always says, you know, this could be your last game. you got to play it like it's a championship. So even when we talk about, like, when we go back in at halftime and we come back out and, you know, points get put on the board, I think she just really reinforces that. And we're, we're just really lucky to have coaches that truly believe in us and truly love this game and take it as seriously as we do as players. All right, Hannah, uh, we've seen you so far special teams as OJ uh, OG said here uh, we've seen you contribute at various at various times now so how, 
how has it been for you in settling in and, and, and being a contributor in terms of different aspects of, uh, you know, of the, of the week so far? Um, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, our, I play running back, but there's a lot of depth to the running back group, and everybody's so talented. So to be able to make a contribution on special teams uh, with my speed and getting down there making the tackle, um, any way I can help, I'm happy. So. Now, you came from uh, the WWCFL as well. So what was it, the, you know, when you first got here, the introduction, you got OJ, you got a couple legends in here, uh, you know, international players. I mean, was there in some sort of an awe when you got here as well? It definitely was because the, the organization, the culture, just everything was just a step above everything that I've experienced before. So, um, definitely no regrets coming down here and just everybody, whether it's captains, teammates, coaches, um, it's, it's definitely the team to be on. All right. Um, between the two of you guys, are you guys like living together at this point or how was that arrangement to come down? <laughs> I know that was more of like, yes, you know, we, sister thing, are, right? Yeah, we're together 24 seven yeah, all the time. <laughs> yeah, Sounds like a great thing right so far. <laughs> So is it great or not? I mean, you're making, you guys are making it sound like you guys are uh, at odds at times, right? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, no. No, everything's, <laughs> everything's good over here. Awesome. I think it's been good definitely coming down, missing family, missing home. Um, but we definitely together it, – it's good having someone from home um, to get through all the time. So. Yeah, it's always nice to have a you know comfort zone to go back to and uh, kind of relive that. Um, so the second half of the season, uh, you guys are already pretty much in the mix. So Bree, uh, Mississippi, a good challenge. Uh, OG said the same thing. Washington, a good challenge. So um, I guess you guys don't expect anything less than the last couple of weeks here before the playoffs should begin. Yeah, I mean, I think every team is really stepping it up, right? Everyone wants a playoff spot. Everyone wants the rings. So, um, again, we just prepare like we're playing a championship game every single week. Um, every single one of us just locks in week after week. Everyone, you know, is doing their extra workouts, their extra positional group work, all of that, uh, just to prepare. So, I mean, I hope everyone's ready for us. That's all I'm going to say. Well, I'm going to yeah, just we tell everybody, prepare. if you're on IG and they're following you, uh, you're posting a lot of a lot of uh, reels with a lot of sweat, so I'm pretty sure you're coming off the gym just drenching now. <laughs> yeah, we we definitely work out a lot. We're really fortunate that we get to um, we get to work out a lot, like all day long. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's refreshing in a way, right? Because before you probably had job and you had to go ch- juggle things, and you still got to get your gym workout in and stuff like that. Um, Hannah. Uh, what do you say of the next sec- the next couple of weeks here? Do you, the same sentiment as Bree here is that it's going to get a little bit tougher, obviously, as you get towards the end of the season, and everybody's eyeing you guys, you know, to to not get to that stage of, at the final, which the benchmark is PES. I think definitely uh, teams are definitely going to step it up, but for us, I think we're keeping the same mentality, right? Every game, we don't take any team lightly or think we're going to win or assume anything. We we prepare for each team. Um, we train hard. We practice hard. So I think we're just going to keep the same mentality and keep keep going, and I think we're going to make it all the way. 
Awesome. That's confidence right there. Everybody needs to have that confidence. Um, uh, OG, let's uh, bring in the Hall of Famer who you're familiar with so she can pick your brain here. She's also going towards the playoff hunt, but in a different route on the West Coast. So. Hey, good. how's it going? I'm good. Good. <clears throat> so I really think that uh, your career has been just fantastic. And I think your ability to get to the quarterback is just amazing. What do you feel like sets you apart in your skill set to be able to get after the quarterback? Um, I think it's just my skills and techniques that I've learned over the years and the knowledge. Um, The game, once you get a little bit older, in a sense, you still – you have to learn how to play smarter and still play hard, but still keep your body um, healthy in a sense. And when I played when I was younger, um, definitely on Sundays, I wasn't doing anything. But now, being older, I can't do that and having careers and things like that. Um, I don't know. It's just, I guess, God-given strength and abilities. That's all I can really say because this is um, – technique and speed and I don't know I don't know like I guess what I could do like I guess maybe the tunnel vision that sometimes that I get and I guess I can only say God gave me a gift that's awesome do you think um you know as I've gotten older and I've played you know a long time as well and I think the older I've gotten experience really helps do you feel like because of that experience you have, you can kind of set up certain moves on certain people and kind of think about it in that way? Um, kind of, I just go into each game, just um, got to watch film and whoever I'm going against kind of fill them out and basically they tell me what they're going to do and body-wise and I just read and react and just kind of go off the game plan. I kind of never know what I'm going to do in a, like before in a game other than the game plan that our coaches and everyone um, gives me and kind of watching film right. and things like that. So kind of going to the game is kind of going there and each play is each play and be present at that point in time because um, being present in the game is uh, the best thing you could do and not thinking about what, I did last play and messed up. Like, granted, every play I'm not going to make the perfect play, but I remember what I did and try not to do that same mistake in the next play and everything. So kind of just um, make sure I don't make the same mistake in a sense like that and just get to the ball and make it look like I'm not messing up and make that tackle. So, <laughs> so it's, right. I mean, like, uh, I always mess up. It's definitely no – I've never had a perfect game, and, for myself, um, no game's ever been perfect, even in championships. I'm always thinking about how to make, how I could have gotten better or how I could have got to the um, ball and things like that. So I just kind of just be present and at that point of the game and um, at that play and kind of move on. Well, nobody has ever played a perfect game, so just putting that out there. Um, yeah, I know, I know, I'm just saying, <laughs> but that's where, that's I where mean, my mindset have... is at, to, so yeah, it's just the, my mindset is to have a perfect game, I know that's something that right. isn't possible, but I mean, what is, like, that's our aim is for perfection in a sense like that, so 
why not aim for the highest ability and go for there? If I miss, hey, um, that's what I'm shooting for. But like you said, nobody's having a perfect game. No, and then for Bree and Hannah, I think that's really key because even if you do mess up, you learn from it. And and so it you yeah. as long as you're learning from your mistakes, that that's what matters. Um, what do you feel like? Who do you feel like in NFL that you play like? Do you do you resonate with a certain player? Do you, you do you kind of try to play like uh, certain people, or how do you tie that into your game? Um, I have to say Watts. Uh, I like how his style of play. I like kind of like the old school players. Um. Ray Lewis, and um, uh, really, I really don't watch the NFL much now, so I really just kind of um, watch with their um, techniques and things like that, and I kind of just play my own game in a sense. I try not to – I take other people's um, techniques or some of their skills and stuff and kind of incorporate it into my own and kind of basically just be myself, like, trying to be somebody else, I uh, begin to think and try too hard, and I get out of my own mind frame of playing my own game. So whenever I go out on the field, I'm, I'm just trying to be OG. That's a, that's a great attitude to have. Um, I'm going to bounce around a little bit here. Um, uh, Bree, I know that uh, you guys have come down from Canada. Do you guys have lots of fans in Canada watching the games? Like are your families watching? How's that going? Yeah, we have a lot of family and friends. I mean, everyone from back in Winnipeg um, that we know has been watching the games. And, you know, I have all my uh, teammates from Team Canada in 2017, and, you know, they're constantly checking in, and all of our old teammates are tuning in. So we're really fortunate that um, we have such, like, a big network to support us. That's awesome. Um what was the biggest culture shock moving from Canada to Texas, not on the football field, like off the field? Is it just a lot warmer? What, what, like, what has your experience been with that? Um, the tornadoes. Um, <laughs> the tornadoes. You don't get that in Canada? <laughs> you know, I'm used to living in an ice box with lots of snow. And, um, yeah, I was hitting our D-line group chat about what the difference between a tornado warning and watches and uh, – yeah, <laughs> that was the biggest thing. <laughs> uh, and what are your goals for the, the rest of the season? Um, I know that uh, you're in a really uh, deep defensive line group there. Do you have any particular personal goals that you're trying to achieve this season? I mean, I'm still still chasing sacks. Um, I'd obviously like to put some up on the board, um, but – yeah, like you said, we have a really amazing D-line. Um, I mean, especially on the end, coming up behind OG and Shanti. I mean, really, I just want to learn as much as I can from them. And, you know, as much time as I can contribute onto the line, I'm more than happy. But really, I'm I'm there to learn from them because they're pretty amazing. Yes, you definitely picked a good group to learn from. <laughs> So, you know, I think that uh, those facts will start will start coming. So hang in there. It'll happen. Uh, yeah. Hannah, <laughs> Hannah, what does it mean to you to represent uh, Canada in the WNFC? 
Um, I think it means a lot to both of us. We're from a small city, so not really many people know Winnipeg. So for people to back uh, back home, send videos from the games and them talking like that we're from Canada and things like that. Like it's definitely surreal and something that I'm very proud of. Awesome. Uh, you get to run the uh, ball in a really stacked running back group. Uh, do you feel like you're learning a lot from that group as well? Because there's a lot of experience in that group too. Yes, I feel like a sponge, like constantly learning, whether it's advice or just uh, just really anything. Um, everyone's been super supportive and helpful. So definitely every practice, every day, learning something from one of them. That's really good to hear. You know, I said uh, previously that the really good teams have really good learning cultures where the uh, the younger players can learn from the older players. So it's really good to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the funniest moment of the season so far for you? The funniest? Um, yes. I need to think of, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know. Our team is really funny. We have a lot of big personalities. So I can't pinpoint anything right now, but there's definitely been a lot of laughs on the field. Travel teams, uh, just everything. It's it's been it's been really funny. I think I think one of the best ones is that on our weekend practices, OJ walks around <laughs> with a speaker and she sings and dances. Sometimes it's gospel. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes it's some bump and grind music. Yeah, <laughs> whatever it is, like it literally puts everyone in such a good mood and it really sets the tone for the rest of the practice. That's that's hilarious because yeah. You know, we have uh, music at our practices, too, but Rick has a certain playlist that he hasn't changed in, like, 10 years, and it's all, like, old school <laughs> rock. So, so I, I hear that for sure. Uh, you know, uh, I really think you guys are having an awesome season, but it's no surprise, I think, anybody. And I definitely wish you guys the best of luck. And hopefully we'll see you guys in the playoffs. we got to get our stuff together a little bit here, but we're pushing. We're pushing. The goal is to try to get to you. Um, so, you know, congrats on, on the success so far, and good luck the rest of the way. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much. Back to you, Oscar. All right, Holly. Uh, so, OG, a great opportunity for you guys to return to uh, a championship for the Nine Cup. So this is this, the steadiness right there a couple weeks into left for the season. Um, and Bree and Hannah, thanks for making the time. And you guys are amazing. And I'm pretty sure all your fans and your teammates up in Canada are, are just diving in every week in, on, on Vire, especially with the easy access on Vire Sports. So, um, OG, I'm going to tell you right now, um, you know, if, if this is the end road at this championship, then obviously you're going to retire pretty much a legend. So I guess, uh, you know, what would you say to people if this is the last uh, run, as they say, is it, you just, you know, what what are the what is the perception that you want people to know about you if this is the last run? Um, hey, the numbers don't lie, so that's why you gotta look at for real. I don't know. I don't even know if this is the last run, but New York, let's not talk about that. I mean, <laughs> let's not say that. <laughs> I think Bree's ready to. I don't know. Roll. I mean, I'm just. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, watch them videos and, I mean, I don't know. I really don't really know what would be my last 
that or saying or anything like that as right now, but the numbers don't lie, so look at that. That's Perfect. Right Perfect, right response. Right now, so. Perfect response. You're like Michael Jordan. Like there. Just go to the stat sheet. There's my game. Yeah. I mean, it's right. like a lot. Like, I don't know. A lot of stuff that I, a lot of stuff I don't know. I just, um, I actually hang, I, my rings, I put them up. Once the season starts, I put my rings up and the next season starts. So at that point in time, those, the rings really don't matter. At point, as of right now, I'm focused on trying to get these last couple of games finished and for us to make it to the playoffs and to get another ring. So, I mean, you could probably ask me that question after we get this ring in here, uh, down here in Dallas um, in June. But um, right now, I really don't know. Ask me after that. So, perfect. See whoever in uh, June. So. <laughs> Got a couple pupils left on the team, so we won't we won't uh, take you out yet, right? No no replacement. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right, uh, Bree and Hannah, I really appreciate you guys making the time for us today as well, and uh, I know you guys are busy schedules and, and, and everything like that. So uh, we really appreciate you diving in and uh, giving the TES fans a kind of like a perspective of your journey so far in Dallas. So I hope you guys have a great week this week of practice, getting ready for the last couple of weeks. And uh, Hannah, thanks again for supporting our branding and uh, making a, a positive effect for bringing attention to the sport. Appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having us. Yes. Thanks for having us. All right, guys, have a great night. Uh, and we'll see what the, the last weeks of the season goes, but go TES, right? You yeah, already know. The elite. The elite. The elite. Or die. <laughs> Not this point. <laughs> yeah. All right. Have a good night, guys. Goodbye. Bye. All right, uh, uh, Holly. So it's uh, the theme is be elite. I guess that's everybody's chasing, right? Oh yeah. I mean, it's like. Um, you know, it's it's like this. Like they they've won consistently. Um, they've dominated a lot of the time that they've played. I mean, until somebody really knocks them off, I mean, they're there. The whole goal is to try to knock them off, and that's really. I mean, everyone knows that, and I know that they know that. So, um, you know, they've handled that pressure and having that target on them. You know, I think pretty well. So, you know, it's really cool to me to see, um, you know, a couple of newer players paired up with somebody who has a lot more experience because I think that speaks to maybe the future of their program. When uh, some of these uh, really experienced players start retiring, you're going to need to see that transition. And if that transition happens uh, with a solid handoff where the, the more experienced players are taking the younger players under their wings, and that makes the transition easier. So that's really exciting to see. Um, and, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, bringing, um, you know, players from different countries in because it only makes the sport better. So that's really cool to see. Yeah, and I think they're, ha- they're having a good time. That's the, the bottom line, right? Uh, a different experience yeah. than the WWCFL, as they pointed out, a different atmosphere in terms of a being on a championship squad that's won multiple championships and then they're obviously a nucleus that a lot of teams miss that like to your point there's not a in certain teams things break down in the off season and people sway off or you get new influx of rookies and it's literally start all over again where you know in some teams like you know Utah or or Texas Elite there's already a built-in culture right where people, uh, players are just 
kind of substituted into a certain uh, landscape. Yeah, and that's like, um, you know, why, for example, the Patriots did so well for so long because Belichick instituted this culture and then he found the players that fit that culture. And so, and which is really hard to do in football. Like you said, um, especially in women's football, you know, life happens. Uh, people retire. People have injuries. People have, you know, life things. Like they get married and they move or they have babies and they need time off. Like all this stuff happens, right? So it's hard to have a consistently good team over several years. So when you see that in our sport, you know, you have to know that that it's because of a really good uh, positive culture that they've built um, where you can bring in players to, to plug into that culture and it still keeps going. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's uh, exciting times down there as well. Um, let me see if we, uh, we, are, we were going to bring in uh, Ashley Salerno into the mix here. Let me see if uh, I believe it's her on the line, but let's double check here in a second here. Let's go. Uh, uh, Ashley, is that you on the line? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, Ashley, uh, thanks for making the time today. Really, really appreciate it. I know you're uh, on a short window here getting ready for Nevada this weekend. So how's, it, uh, how's the, uh, the team feeling right now going up against Nevada after they, that big win by Nevada against Minnesota? Uh, you know, uh, we're very confident in our squad this year. We have a really, really uh, loaded roster with a lot of depth. And, uh, um, yeah, I, I, I've been doing my homework. I actually was just watching their film right now from, like, the championship the previous year. And, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a good game, but I'm pretty confident that we got this game. Now, Ashley, uh, the transition from, uh, you know, the seven-on-seven seven to 11s, We've seen uh, a couple of your games already, so it seems like you're getting into a groove here. So as the season goes along here in the next couple of weeks, it looks like you know that's going to be more confidence for you. So how, how's that transition been? Um, well, I mean, I actually grew up playing eleven man with boys, and I played at my high school. So this, like, that's actually the first format of football I played in for like six or seven years um, before I went to the seven man. And so to me, honestly, like, uh, it's kind of just like, I don't know, like riding a bike. <laughs> I actually, it's much easier, in my opinion, to spread the ball out, and there's much more space, and um, there's a lot more people on the field, and there's still plenty of space, so I'm, I'm loving it so far. All right, you still got the run game from the LFL? Still got the, the gaps? <laughs> Everybody's used to seeing you, uh, you know, take the ball and run and, and that, or is it more, uh, more of a pocket presence now for you? Well, I guess you're going to have to find out. <laughs> what you're gonna have what? to watch and find out <laughs> oh my god uh so we're used to that right we're uh, as, as former fans of you know from your other uh endeavor we're used to that whole concept but you still got an arm uh i know that from um game film that i was watching so i guess that's a good sign for cali war right yeah 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 i mean i could take off at any time but i mean if i don't need to why would i true very true um what do you think of the, the season so far? You had one forfeit game, I believe week two. You had a big win in week one. Now this is kind of a big test for you guys. Um, this is a rivalry game pretty much on the West Coast. Um, they're coming off a big emotional win. You guys are coming off that huge, uh, I think it was 55-0 to zero against uh, Arizona. So both of you guys are on a win, win-win mode here. So what do you anticipate the game to go at this point? 
Um, I mean, like I said, um, I think it's going to be a really good game. Um, I can't really say too much because I am still fairly new to the women's 11-man. And uh, just based off of what I've heard about this team, it seems like they're going to be our real true test this season, and this is our real first test. Um, And they're the team to beat. So I think it's going to be a great game. But like I said, I have confidence in our squad. I think we have a very, very talented roster. So... All right. Um, so I know everybody's been watching you. Uh, your dad's probably been watching you for a long time, and now you're here in the WFA and not the LFL as an example. So, um, you know, what does the family think about you being on back on 11s? I mean, they love it. They're still coming to my games. Um, you know, me and my dad and my brother are huge football fans. So, I mean, I've been watching film all day, and, you know, we'll talk about things. And, you know, it, it, to them, they like it more because it's uh, it's more like – closer to like NFL and they love NFL. So it's easier for them to sit down and watch film or talk, talk about the game with me. It's much different than seven on seven. It's just, it's, it's arena football. It's, it's a completely different ball game than it, than a 11 man. It's much, right, it's Ashley, much quicker, made... but it's, it, it's much quicker, but not as a uh, complex. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and we're, we're so used to your uh, dynamic uh, uh, effect from the indoor game you know, where you won multiple championships there as well. And so, you know, as fans that we've that followed you, uh, your career, we're obviously, you know, mm-hmm. always watching those highlight reels uh, of you in terms of your uh, speed and your hits and everything else. So very, very uh, legendary hits in, in terms of the LFL scope. Um, mm-hmm. you, you did go to Florida for the tryouts out there. Uh, there was a lot of quarterbacks that tried out. And obviously there's not, you know, so many uh, roster slots for it. So what was that experience for you to go try out for the Team USA? Um, I mean, it was it was a cool little trip to Florida. Um, it was cool to see the talent, uh, like, overall. I saw a lot of athletic girls, and it was first my first time really being exposed to that many um, different players from this uh, from both the leagues, I guess, the WFA and WNFC. And I kind of did – I kind of went in not thinking anything and not worrying about the politics um, – I I really truly thought it would be more of like a combine. I didn't know it was going to be like, you know, WNFC popularity contest. So, um, yeah. But I mean, overall, I mean, I think being exposed to uh, what they consider the best, the best was good for me to um, like have an idea of what I need to do to win championships and you know who I need to watch after and you know gave me a good idea of what eleven man will be like if that makes sense. And, and the scope of it is a, is similar to that because the West Coast to the East Coast is totally different. Um, and then everybody, you know, uh, I don't know if you were following us on social media, but the moment we realized that you were on the roster, you know, you got plenty of uh, uh, LFL fans. And to them, it was like uh, Salerno in the WFA. So it was like a shocker to us because we, we anticipated you were going to show up in X League for the year, this coming year or something like that, you know, as an example. But it didn't. So yeah. I mean, so you still have a lot of plan- a lot of fanfare out there. Uh, so I guess that's a cool thing. Yeah, they my fans they're actually like pretty awesome. You know, no matter what league I play in, they're still willing to support me, and they still just want to see the highlights. And you guys got more highlights coming. I had a little videographer out there for this last game. I'm just waiting for her to get some editing done. And uh, yeah, I really just want to keep playing, and I want to win some championships in this league. And um, you know, I want to like put on a show and entertain people and yeah that's pretty much my whole entire goal it's just to move into a different format 
and conquer that world, um, get my stripes, and then uh, hopefully head into coaching. Yeah, and I think that's the the next route for you because I think you're you're so talented on the field that you can actually convey that to maybe uh, the next generation at, at that point too. And I think a lot of a lot of players are going that route as well. So I, I have no doubt we're going to see you on the sidelines as well. So um, Ashley, uh, thanks for making the time. I know you got film study here coming up in a couple minutes here. So really, really, uh, really appreciate that. And uh, good luck this weekend against Nevada in a rivalry game on the West Coast. Cali War, Nevada, WFA. So uh, it should be inter- very entertaining and very interesting. And uh, hopefully uh, you guys will get that W. Yep. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. All right. Have a great night, okay? Uh, I'll see you. All right. Thank you. Bye. All right. Uh, Holly, uh, there you go. Uh, Ashley Salerno in the house talking about the clash here against Nevada versus Cali War. This should be a good one. Yeah, you know, like what we uh, were talking about before, I think that you have Cali, who's been historically extremely solid chasing championships um, throughout the years. And then you have Nevada, who's uh, kind of this up-and-coming program. And so I think it's a really good test for both programs. And, you know, considering that they play each other twice uh, on the back end of the season, it will do a lot to define uh, the the massive ratings and the seedings for the playoffs, and you know I, I I just I really think they probably will even face a third time I'm assuming in the playoffs. So I think that this is going to be a really fun matchup to watch. And now it's kind of interesting to to uh, to have her mention the fact that you know this is not new to her, and this is what she started when she was growing up, and this is where she was playing in terms of the boys. So it's kind of like a a revisit of the uh, earlier version of herself, uh, you know, before the, uh, the LFL experience. So, I mean, we know what she brings to the table. She's got an arm, she's got speed. So that's a good, that's a good thing for Cali war all the way around to, to have somebody because you had Wiggins there at the helm for a long time. And if she can somehow make this huge impact and transition much quicker, then it's just going to benefit Cali war. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, Wiggins was there forever and um, always very consistent. And I think having Ashley there definitely helps with that uh, transition a lot, especially uh, somebody who's experienced in different formats of the game. And and I think, um, you know, that's going to pay off for, for Kelly for sure. So, um, Holly, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm giddy for this game. I, I just, uh, I mean, I mean, what's your story? My storyline is can Nevada – you know, get two back-to-back wins in pro. Yeah, I think it's definitely that. You kind of have, you know, like the, um, uh, I guess one of the not Rushmore teams of the WSA in Cali, and then you have this up-and-coming program in Nevada, and to kind of see what both those programs are and and to see the fight for kind of the future of uh, the WSA in, in that division um, and then I just think it's going to be kind of um, maybe a little bit of a clash in style, too. And I'm, I'm excited. I think this will be a really good matchup. Yeah, I hope they televise it. I hope this is the game of the week. I, I hope the WFA makes the right call <laughs> because – or somebody better record it. That's my attitude right now. Uh, so somebody better put some film on out there because I think this is going to be a great matchup in, in general. And – uh Looking forward to this matchup. We're also looking forward to Pittsburgh against Boston. That's the other matchup we're looking forward to. 
Um, you also have the D.C. Tampa Bay. So uh, pretty good matchups. Uh, Holly, thanks for coming back. I know you got a bail, but uh, appreciate it. And then uh, we're rooting you on. Uh, get the get the ship, uh, you know, turned around for Utah. Get another W here in, in the next uh, in the week or two here and start focusing on the playoffs. So uh, stay injury-free, as always. That's uh, what we wish for you. Oh, yeah, thank you so much. I mean, it's hard for me to come on during the season, you know, obviously because I get really busy and obviously I'm commuting now, so it's a lot of travel and stuff. But I always want to come on when I can during this part of the year and, you know, um, uh, you know, with my Utah team, you know, we have some youth in some places, but, you know, we've only we've lost the games by four points, you know, so we just need to close out these games and we'll be right back on track. And so we have some stuff to work on. We're working hard to, to make those adjustments. Um, and, you know, we want to make that push to the playoffs. So uh, we got to take it a game at a time, though, as they say, and, I'll check back in with you guys uh, when I can, and thanks for having me back on. All right, Holly, thank you again. Safe travels. Uh, looking forward to you on watching you on Vire Sports with the Utah Falcons. All right, thank you. Good night. Okay, bye. All right, that's Holly Custis, our uh, co-host and uh, Hall of Famer, WNFC Utah Falcons uh, uh, defensive back, and she's looking forward to a playoff run as well. So. Um, should be an interesting matchup here this weekend in the WFA plus the, the WNFC, which we'll talk about here in the second hour. So, guys, if you guys haven't gone to Monkey Knife Fight, make sure you go to Monkey Knife Fight, code NJF, NBA playoffs going on right now. you got MMA, PGA as well if you haven't tried that. Uh, so check it out, $5 free play on us, more or less of the platform. If you get it right on the prop, you basically can, get, can make $15 off our $5 free play that we're giving you. So check it out, Monkey Knife Fight, and – Use the code NJF. All right, let's bring in the Oracle of Women's Tackle Football, and that would be Mark Simone, the AKA the Backseat Coach, and the return of Luis Bean, quarterback of former quarterback of the Utah Falcons, into the mix here in the second hour as we're talking WFA and WNFC. All right, Luis, welcome back. Hey, thanks. All right, Good and guys. Mark, as always, what's going down? Oh, well, good evening to uh, both of you. Uh, it's been such a busy week of football this past week. I'm a little bit overwhelmed. There's so much, but uh, certainly very excited to talk about it. All right, uh, Mark, I can tell you right now, uh, between Mexico, Canada, Sweden, and just about everything else that's happening, uh, yeah, it's a, it's gone from 12 hours to 20 hours of work. <laughs> so I'm with you. Yeah. It's gone a lot more extreme. Uh, but everybody can go to the hub, right, Mark? Just uh, go to the hub, Absolutely. get everything right there. You're good to go. To the hub, Bob, because there's a lot of football being played out there internationally, and um, there's only there's one best place to get it, and it's at the hub, Facebook. All right. So uh, the best network on the planet exists at the hub, and that's because we have passionate folks that network with us to bring you the amazing talent uh, athletes that play women's American football globally. All right, um, uh, Louise being in the house, because we're going to talk about the Team USA quarterback group, and she was part of that group selection. We did have the the final three selected in the group, which was uh, Brittany Bushman of the WNFC, the TES uh, Elite Spartans. We had uh, Ninji Martin of the San Diego Rebellion, and then uh, Tori 
Tagaloa of the, I believe, the Denver Bandits. So those are the three, the three slotted roster slots. Um, Luis, is there a fourth or fifth roster spot if something happens or, you know, something unexpected would happen? Is there an alter, alternate at all, assigned at all? Um, not that I am aware of. I mean, um, they contacted the players that made the team before they released the roster. And so I don't know if the players had to give their commitment right then um, if they were planning on going and, or if oh, okay. they would have, if, like if someone had said, hey, I can't go, it's not going to work out, uh, if they would have chosen someone else right then and then re- had released them as a roster spot. I don't know. Because I know they do but roster they call the players right, for beforehand. Certain, certain defensive spots as well, right? Like certain defensive spots, sometimes they give rosters because those are the most common areas that, um, you know, you would have to substitute somebody in, right? Yeah, I just don't know how they handled that, if they did handle that. Like I said, they called the players before it was released saying, hey, you made it. I knew that from the girls on the Falcons. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I think Sarah and uh, Gina, right? It was Sarah and Gina yeah, yeah. Uh, so they, from the Falcons. They, yeah, yeah, they didn't even release the official roster until probably like 10 days later after they called people. So maybe they were going through seeing who would, was committing to go, who was going to be on it, so that when they released the roster spot, and there's probably still going to be changes. I'm assuming that there's people that are going to be like, uh, you know, maybe a couple that all of a sudden can't go. I don't know. Because it, it's a lot of money, that's for sure. Yeah, I know it's. Uh, I mean, it was like I think it was like thirty six hundred dollars, right? If I'm correct on, yeah. on in terms of of, of of getting fundraising done and everything else. So, um, I mean, it's not it's the final roster, but to your point, uh, you know, things change, right? Life life yeah. changes yeah. and then things that come up, and so there'll be somewhat alter. I'm pretty sure they have an alternative list if some somebody can't go or or something happened in that yeah. sense. Go here. Uh, what did you think of the uh, the whole you know grouping? I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks mm-hmm. that came to compete, mm-hmm. including uh, Ashley, who we just talked to on Cali War. We also had, um, you know, Cahill as normal, Horton as normal. There's a, a couple big names, right, that came to uh, mm-hmm. compete for it. Uh, ultimately, you know, the, everybody had an opportunity from what I was told at the tryout, so mm-hmm. including yourself. So what did you think of everybody's mm-hmm. performance, So, you know, in your eyes? Um, so – you know, just to back up just a minute, I mean, there was 200 people there, 12 were quarterbacks, um, and which is about what I expected. I had gone, you know, like 10 years ago to the tryout, and there was about that amount of quarterbacks. Um, and my my whole purpose for going was because you, you know you only have whatever your chances are. So my whole purpose for going was I wanted to have a challenge. I wanted to have uh, something to work towards. I wanted that in my life. And so knowing in my brain, because it's a three-week commitment and I have kids and I have a spouse and it's expensive, so knowing in my brain, even if I was to make it, um, there was a good chance I wouldn't have gone based upon I don't get paid unless I work, <laughs> the, the cost of um, going and just that much time away from my family. And I feel like I've had such a great career and I've played out of the country already and I've got to be on multiple all-star games and selections. And so I just feel like, and I wasn't going to be able to play with the Falcons this year because we had moved. So my whole thing for going was maybe different for other people than for other people. So when I got there, um, and I knew in every part of life there's politics. 
So I expected that. And so that wasn't shocking or surprising. My thing was, is, hey, let's see how well I can do to catch their eye despite politics. And so, because I knew that the quarterback coach, Coach Farrell, was the head coach for the WNFC All-Star Game, and he'd been, you know, coach at the last USA event. And so you just know there's going to be those dynamics and however you want to view it. So, and also to be aware, there was girls that tried out for the USA team, not quarterbacks, but there was girls that, had, that I met that had never played tackle football. They'd just been playing flag. And so they just wanted to come. So, you know, some people go on spa retreats or they go to Hawaii, and the girls that go to USA, they just go to play football, right? So, or, you know, go on trips to play games. That's just how their fun is. And so that's how it was for me. So um, the first day it was very windy. And so we did, um, you know, we met our coach and everyone just went to their position group and they had sent out the playbook like five or six days before to all the offensive players. And so also like Callie had sent out a video to all the participants giving expectations and just how they wanted people to act and be, that was for everybody. Um, And just those kind of things, which was great. Uh, So the quarterbacks, so I, uh, some of the quarterbacks I'd never met, a lot of players after trials I had met or played in some games with, quite a few. Um, but so I'd never met Cahill. I'd never, I'd met um, Lisa. I knew Bushman. Um, I knew Nenji. I knew Tori. Um, Tori had actually asked about coming to play for the Falcons. And I told her, I said, you know, it just doesn't work being a commuting quarterback. It just doesn't work, especially trying to learn a new offense. And our offense is so timing, and it's just not going to work. So I teased Terry about that, and so she went and commuted to Denver. And, you know, sounds like a good thing for her. So, um, And so her and then the other quarterback for Denver was there, and then Salerno was there, and then Nenji, and then a quarterback, the Prodigy quarterback was there, the KC quarterback was there. And I'm missing one more because there's 12, and I made a list, but I couldn't – I can't remember who the last one was. But anyway – um, we did some drills like the first day um, in the wind. And so, which I, I, I don't want a coach to keep saying, oh, it's windy, it's windy. Like you just need to come and you need to ball out. So um, as far as that was concerned, in my opinion, for the offense that they were going to run, because we had the playbook, um, the top three quarterbacks, in my opinion, were Bushman, Cahill and Lisa Horton and Lisa Horton is a coach at Pitt now and Lisa I was teasing her because the Falcons lost our first national championship game to them back east several years ago and so I was saying hey that still hurts and she's laughing she's very nice um so she hasn't been playing for a couple years so I was really impressed I thought she had a great camp I felt like Cahill had a great camp and Bushman had a great camp so those in my eyes also kind of how they would um I mean, you, he, he, the Pharaoh knew people's, certain people's names. And so, and he kind of didn't learn anyone else's names. <laughs> so, you know, that would be something that I noticed. Um, and then, and he knew Tori and he knew da, uh, Bushman from the all-star game. And he, he knows Nenji because Nenji's played several times on the other game, on the other, uh, on the other USA teams. So, and I've said this to you guys in the group before, I think one of the good things they should do for women's football is limit how many times you can go because it would keep it fresh and it would keep the sport growing. 
And there's some really good players out there that don't play on the famous team. And I saw them at the camp and they, and so they don't get a look very, I mean, yeah, some people broke in and were able to be chosen like Lexi floor and some other people um, that have not had the opportunity before, but I think it would keep, it would keep the sport growing because I know people didn't go because they felt like they would not even be looked at because, you know, there's the people that people already know. And, and, it's all about relationships in life. And so I'm not saying that you shouldn't use a relationship to give yourself an opportunity. So I'm not against that at all. I mean, Gina knew the coach and I said, Hey man, he knows you. So use that to your um, benefit. And so it definitely didn't hurt her either. Um, So now if they were going to run triple option, I would have been the best quarterback there, but they were running the uh, spread and um, you know, Salerno, felt like she wasn't given I, – I didn't hear the interview, but I know from time that she spent with me afterwards, she felt like she wasn't given a fair shot. And, but, you know, she hasn't played tackle football either, like 11 men. So um, I was shocked, completely shocked, when they released two of the three. Because uh, Bush not, – not Bushman, I wasn't – I figured they would choose her. Um, she had a good camp. Um, the Cahill had a good camp, and, Pitt, and the Pitt girl had a good camp. And I thought for sure – they had told us they were only going to choose two. But they kept sending Nenji back and forth between the linebackers. So in my eyes, it seemed like to me that I figured they would choose Nenji, not because she was the best quarterback, though, but because they could use her in a roster spot somewhere else, too. And in the little scrimmage that we had, they didn't even have her pass the ball. They just had her run every time, and which was really hard because they told them not to tackle the quarterback <laughs> and, so, and not to touch the quarterback. So then she just was running over people, so it put the defense kind of in a bad spot. Um, so yeah. I kind of figured they would choose Denji for that reason, not because she was the best quarterback, though. Um, and then no. Tori was L- – keep going. Luis, no, uh, Luis, so we have the three finalists. I know we got feedback mm-hmm. not just from you know, our perspective, but as, as an overall mm-hmm. view where, you know, we have no WFA quarterback per se, right? Mm-hmm. You, had a, you had two leagues, mm-hmm. two top leagues, and you would assume – one of those roster spots would have gone to a WFA quarterback, right? One of the best quarterbacks in the WFA. But, you know, Hands obviously down. To your point, right, but obviously to your point, that's not what the coaching decision was or whoever made the decision at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was not the case to be. Um, I know I got a lot of calls and messages mm-hmm. um, from mm-hmm. a lot of players to make it mm-hmm. a, a topic. And that's why we brought you on to kind of discuss it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of players were mm-hmm. in the same motion and same feelings and and same uh, you know aspects that you were just mentioning here in terms of you know uh, favoring one, uh, one a couple players over not looking at the whole group in itself. And it wasn't just in the quarterback mm-hmm. uh, room; it was also in some of yeah. the uh, you know defensive groups and some of the uh, wide yeah. receiver group and things like that. So. I mean, I'm I'm sad in a way that if that is how they were chosen, uh, I mean, at this point, uh, like somebody messaged me, if they if they were going to go totally overboard, they would have given Jen Welter a spot <laughs> over anybody yeah, else. Yeah, and I'm so glad right? they did. As, an, I was so as an example, yeah. No, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's like as, as an example. Yeah. So there there was yeah. consensus internally. Uh, in confidence, obviously, that people send messages mm-hmm. to me. And I just want to say mm-hmm. that, you know, congratulations to everybody that was chosen because that's obviously yeah. a, a, an honor to represent the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for those mm-hmm. that obviously put out money to go to Florida 
and did not perceive it that way, some of those players, like you said, might be reserved to not even go to another opportunity for the next opportunity that's going to be to put on the roster. So that's not a good thing yeah, here's the, as well. Yeah, the, the hard thing, too, is that they really didn't have an effective way to give people enough reps all across the board. So, like, there would be a line of, like, 20 DBs, and they get in for one rep. Same with wide receivers, same with quarterbacks. So you'd get, like, one rep, and then you'd have to wait five or six more times to get another rep. So that part was really not well um, done in the tryout. And then, so what happens, I think it makes it so that then you kind of, you are more comfortable with the people that you already know or that you feel like, hey, you know what, someone like Nanji, she's in three times, I can count on her, whatever. Versus, and also it was, I just got to say this because it doesn't matter, I'm not playing. Nenji was, Nenji was all over him, trying to suck up to him so big. Oh, my gosh. It was like, love you, man, all that kind of stuff. That stuff does not impress me. So, you know, that's just how it was. Now, whether that helps her get on, I don't know. But I'm just saying, those kind of things, you, you expect that to happen. But, oh, my gosh, sometimes it was nauseating. Um, but you know what? So, we, got, we got feedback from players with, within that type of uh, view. You know what I mean? So it's the same mm-hmm, kind of concept mm-hmm. in that sense. So um, mm-hmm. what, what we wanted to do is, you know, the shocker of shockers was there was no WFA uh, quarterback on the roster. There was WFA athletes yeah, in Cahill, every other slot. Cahill should have receivers. been on there, hands down. No, right. But what I'm saying is that was a shocker, right? Out of the whole roster, mm-hmm. there was a combination of players from both leagues and on the other slots. And so mm-hmm. that right there kind of just scratched your head a little bit. Um, you know, congratulations to Bushman, Martin, and Tucker uh, for mm-hmm. their nomination. Hopefully, like you said, uh, bearing any financial or other commitments, they're all three going to make it to uh, Finland at this point to be mm-hmm. representing the team. Um, so it's really, you know, that's really what it boils down to in terms of the roster. Um, I was kind of excited to, to see, uh, you know, Floor get her shot. Uh, Jackson is really nice mm-hmm. on the receiver then. Uh, there's a couple players mm-hmm. that obviously deserve to be there as well. Uh, and then you, and then it's kind of surprising to have Angela Baker uh, at the receiver, and I thought she was over with the Giants, but, you know, we'll see how that works out. Well, and he knew her name. So once again, it's like he used people's names that he knew, and so then and, and there's a lot of people. I get that, um, but you know, it's just you got to be really careful. That's just my opinion. You got to be really careful. And there's not cameras going all the time. There's limited reps, really limited reps for anybody. And so, man, you got to be careful. And it's not easy to choose. But that's why I think you just get rid of all the people that have done it once. Then that will limit how many that have been on the team once. Because sure. there's seriously so many good players, and then they just don't play for, like, Boston. Uh, right. That sets kind of like a, a trend mentality where there is mm-hmm. an opportunity for everybody to get on, right, presenting yeah. you know, every time. It cleans it up a little bit. It cleans up the sure. politics a little bit. And, hey, I'm telling you, I'm not saying they should have chosen me. They should have chosen, in my opinion, those three quarterbacks. They were the best. They had the best camp. I mean, hey, to sure. be honest, I thought the other quarterback for Denver had a better camp than Tory. But, you know, sure. I was just – and also, with, when, you're, when you're practicing without any defensive rush, you're just standing there, you get all day to throw, hey, everyone looks good like that. So. <laughs> no, you're very anyway. true. All right, Luis, uh, appreciate you giving us your feedback on your experience uh, with the, the U.S. team. Uh, looking forward to see how they're going to turn out in Finland and how that, that whole perspective yeah. is going to come out. Be great. But uh, Yeah, I hope, I, I hope that that's the case because uh, – 
you know, we don't want to see them fall at this point. But uh, they have a good leader. Uh, I think Brittany's going to do well yeah. uh, at the helm. I yep. think she's going to be the starter, obviously. And, uh, and yep. given her resume, she's uh, obviously top-notch there as well. So I appreciate you coming mm-hmm. in and giving us that feedback and giving us that perspective on uh, the quarterback group. Yeah, you're welcome. And, you know, they're, they're going to do well. It's, I'm not trying to say anything at that. It's just that, uh, hey, if you're going to run this program for four years, what's going to make it the most effective long-term program? Are we going to take people just because they've done it before? Or, or are we going to give people other opportunities because this sport needs to grow and we're not getting paid yet? So, anyway. True. Thanks for having me on, Oscar. All good right. Talking to Thanks you. for coming on and making the time. I wish you well, and I hope you have a good time out there right. in Utah, especially now that you're not planning to get rested. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. All right, Mark. Uh, so there we are, perspective on, uh, you know, a person that actually went to the tryouts and kind of give us her feedback on what's happening, uh, you know, in terms of the selection process. So that was interesting. And I know we got messages from a lot of players with the same type of feeling. So it was nice of her to come in and just kind of express that as well. Yeah, it's definitely nice to get like a, you know, kind of an inside perspective on um, – on a camp like that, that, you know, not everybody can attend. And, um, you know, I think from, you know, every time they put together a a national team, you know, the process might be different, um, you know, or maybe they're the same. A lot probably depends on who the head, the coach is, which has been different a number of times. And, uh, yeah, I I think it's important to talk about, uh, you know, what some of the, the, uh, uh, good things about the camp was and what some of the not so good things are so um, that the program can be improved and, um, you know, um, provide opportunities to uh, as many people uh, as they can in uh, providing an environment, a learning environment for them where they can, you know, um, succeed and, you know, win a gold medal. Uh, and, and, you know, I definitely think that, you know, uh, there isn't any risk of the gold medal, in t- you know, in terms of, you know, well, was the camp run well, was it fair, stuff like that. Um, and that's just not really the point. Um, it's, it's not about whether, you know, uh, about whether we win a gold medal or not. It, it's It's about having a team that the – you know, the players who go to the camp feel like that they've got a fair shot. I think it happens in a lot of ways. I mean, we had the debacle of the pre-selection of LaFay, remember, in Mexico? Right. Where yeah. everybody felt yes. that LaFay was overwhelmed, where no other, nobody from FX Mexico, nobody from the uh, Lexpa and et cetera, right? Everybody felt that there was some sort of uh, favoritism, right? towards the, uh, right. the aspect of the tryouts and stuff like that. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that go into play in, in terms of a head coach as well. I know we talked to Coach Giovanni, and obviously he felt like, okay, those things are out of my control, right, in terms of the federation and things like that. So mm-hmm. we have no idea, mm-hmm. you know, uh, how much control Cali has in those decisions as well and how much right. the coaching setup was that way in that sense too. So, I mean, literally we will never know, but we did get feedback and that's the reason we're bringing up the topic here is we got feedback from a lot of players that felt that, you know, they put in their hard-earned money to go a, to a tryout, right, or somewhat, uh, as Ashley said here, she thought it was going to be more like a combine, right, so where you can actually, you know, impress and show the, 
your skill set to see who the best quarterback would be. But, you know, to uh, Bean's point and to uh, um, Ashley's point, it, they just they felt otherwise. They felt that there was obviously already some people slotted for certain positions automatically without having to give an opportunity to somebody else that probably was worthy of it. So, uh, you know, we'll leave it at that. But, you know, it kind of excited to see the roster already finalized. A couple names on the rosters that, um, you know, well-deserved. I mean, Floor has uh, been outstanding all-star for a long time. I mean, just for her to, to get on there is pretty awesome. Magana as well. Sure. Well deserved to go. There are a lot there. of exciting things on here. There are a lot of exciting yeah, things uh, on the team, so uh, it will be exciting to watch. Yeah, so I think that's the excitement also as well. Some of those players are really excited to obviously suit up and represent the country and and uh, get ready for the IFAB World Championship. So it's going to be uh, awesome to see that. All right, uh, Mark, let's get into this uh, huge. Uh, you know, we got about thirty minutes to talk about the WNFC. So let's uh, let's dive into. Nevada, uh, Minnesota, what a clash. What a fourth quarter for Nevada. Yeah, it was something. You know, we've seen some pretty good games in both leagues uh, so far, uh, but uh, this one was really, really one of the, one of the best games so far. Um, and it was intriguing, you know. It was a, it was a huge comeback win, um, you know, a, a couple of teams that, you know, you're interested in watching, you know, uh, just given the, the fact that, you know, they may see each other down the line in the playoffs. Um, they're you're both championship caliber teams. You know, uh, Reno was the Division II uh, winner last year. And, yeah, that, the set, that second half was very different from, from the first half. And it just seemed like, uh, the storm, you know, was able to play their game more. That was more. That was more their game there in the second half. Um, just, just running the ball forward and, and like plowing into the other team. Very, very physical. And you know, they they did you know a bunch of different alignments. And you know, you know, maybe it was just straight smash mouth that they're holding. You know, handing the ball to the halfback or fullback. Um, you know, sometimes it was more exotic alignments uh, or direct snaps. Uh, it, it was they mixed it up. I mean, you could see you could you could see you could really see uh, their scheme at work and and why successful in that second half. And the more they kept pounding the ball, the ball out of Minnesota's hands. Right, I think the time of possession over that second half like strongly favored Nevada. And they wore down the other team. It, the, you know, there were lots of injuries, which is something that we don't like to see. But this was all just physical play. And eventually, you know, Minnesota got a little bit tapped on defense, I think. And, and, and that opened the door uh, for Nevada to, to, to do what they do, uh, which is run the ball forward um, with aggression. And... You know, they had a few breaks, Nevada did, uh, and they had enough time to, to win that ball game. But, boy, let me tell you, you know, it, it was a close game. Nevada made a lot of mistakes. They got a lot of penalties. Um, they really need to clean that. They need to clean that up before they go face Cali, um, the Cali war uh, this coming week. 
and they see, you know, see Minnesota again, can't make those kind of mistakes and expect to pull out a win. So they really need to clean those up. The absence of Grace Cooper, really a big factor. Because we didn't have Jasmine Plummer, but we did not have Grace Cooper. If we had Grace Cooper, uh, I think this, this would have been a different ball game. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I think all in all, you know, I, I feel like Minnesota um, is kind of got more weapons on offense, but they just didn't have them. Uh, you know, once Grace Cooper came out of the game, you know, they, they really rely on her and even just the threat of her to es- establish their game on offense. Um, they also passed the ball very well. And, um, you know, if you were paying attention, they, they lost their, their two leading receivers to injury yep, Barber. Um, in that second half. So that was, that was really, that was really big for them. Yeah. Both, uh, Barber and, um, Wells came out of that game. Well, we know Red, uh, I know Redlander, Redlander also came out of the game. So there, there was a lot of injuries on, on the Minnesota side. Uh, in terms yep. of, you know, between the the second half and, and the end of the game, there's a lot of mm-hmm. factors there that contributed to them not stopping the run and, like you said, offensively not being as potent. And that's what I think impressed me most about Nevada um, is that they were able to take advantage of, of a situation. Um, even though they were down 20 points, they could take advantage of the situation um, and, and turn it in their favor. They didn't. It would have been very easy to give up at halftime, all right. But they they didn't. They stuck together. If they had turned on each other, they wouldn't have won that game. They didn't do no. that. They stuck together. They stayed focused, and they believed that they were going to win. And um, I, that's such a huge thing for a team. And I think it really gives Nevada a, a boost going forward. Um, they know what they're capable of doing. And uh, I, I know, think they have a lot of Felker, faith in each other. Felker now. was just a beast. Colangelo stepped up. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, they didn't even throw the ball, Mark. They they just saw this. Yeah. They saw the weakness, and they just said, we're just going down the middle, and we're going on the sweeps. Down the middle and sweeps until you can until you can figure it out. Yeah, that's right. And so many people on, on the storm touched that ball. I mean, Felker got a lot of carries, 29 carries. But Colangelo had – you know, 14 carries. Um, you had Reese Lowry, four. Alyssa Williams with a couple. Um, uh, Shoemaker with a couple. Madison Birdie, who's a, 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 a rookie, she she had she recovered two fumbles. She had a heck of a game, but she also carried the ball once. Amber Martucci um, carried the ball once on a running play. So everybody got in on that. It, it was true teamwork. Um, and then uh, Marcucci on the kickoffs, what a leg. That was huge for a field position. Absolutely. You know, I, I definitely wanted to, to mention that, um, you know, I, I didn't know what kind of impact Marcucci would have on the storm, given that they don't throw a lot, but she's a lot more than just a wide receiver. Like, she, she's an excellent special teams player, and she's got a leg. And um, she's she's become a, a pretty big part of that team, so I'm very impressed. 
key win for Nevada coming up against Cali, uh, first pro win. That was the one thing that we said in the offseason, right? Can Nevada compete at this level? And we will see if they take down their rival this weekend. If they go 2-0 and in pro, it's a serious threat, I think, ultimately to arrive in Canton because they're going to they're gonna go through the schedule if they can, you know, take down Cali twice. I think they're, they're going to be basically in that playoff hunt. So, I mean, they're early for us to even go there. But, I mean, what a, what a, a gritty win. Um, you know, Minnesota gets the rebound this weekend. Uh, they really get a big test here. I, I don't know what the injury status is on a lot of their players, but, uh, you know, that was a big win for, uh, big win for uh, Nevada. But they're, getting, they're taking on Arlington, another of their rivals. So uh, interesting to see because I think Arlington's, uh, what, a 37-9 to or something like that win last weekend against um, 37, oh, I'm sorry, 34-7 to against Dallas. So uh, this is going to be, a, a, I think, Minnesota's big test for the year and see how they're going to kind of fare against Arlington. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully um, they can get healthy going into that game. Um, or else it, it, it might be another game like Reno's is. Like, um, I'm not sure that the Arlington Impact are quite the same team as Nevada is. They're, they're a little bit, you know, of course teams are different. But if uh, Minnesota's struggling with, with things like injuries, um, you know, that's a chance for Arlington to uh, pull off an upset. Yeah, I get that big win. Um, a big, big win, 34-7 to against uh, Dallas. Um, Mark? The other game we're going to be interested in, obviously, it's going to be Pittsburgh and your favorite team, Boston. Uh, we'll see how passion can fare up against this monster that is the Boston Renegades and that international backfield. So uh, interesting to see how the, their young quarterback is going to do against Boston. Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested in, you know, in seeing um, what Pittsburgh looks like. Um, you know, Angela Baker's moved on. Um, a number of their sort of um, uh, the, the names we've come to know, um, you know, aren't playing. And it's a new, you know, it's a new kind of a new Pittsburgh passion. And uh, this young quarterback seems to be uh, quite proficient and um, pretty excited to see um, how, how she plays against, against Boston. And um, so that'll be, that'll be happening here in Boston. I'll be there. Um, we'll be live streamed. And um, very excited about that game. And uh, Revere's TV will have it on there. Looking forward to this uh, this backfield, Mark. It's got to excite you if you're a Renegades fan. Mata, four touchdowns? I mean, you can just alternate weekends, right? It's like, okay, Kuzman this weekend and Mata next weekend. And everybody's, like, taking weekends or something. But uh, an impressive <laughs> win by Boston, you know? Yeah, that that was pretty exciting um, to to watch uh, Ruth Matta just go off uh, 151 yards and four touchdowns, um, and you know Kusinen kind of you know she was in there she 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 did some blocking. I think uh, Boston is experimenting a little bit with a two back set. Most of the time they usually just have a one back set, but um, we've got two back set. Uh, Kusinen, uh, it was pretty clear that they kind of gave her light duty and uh, let Mata take the ball. Uh, I do want to mention that um, Adrian Smith, uh, wide receiver for the Boston Renegades, did reach a milestone of uh, 
accruing 5,000 receiving yards in the WFA. And there are only a couple of other wide receivers in WFA history to, to reach that plateau. Uh, Jeanette Gray, uh, formerly of the Chicago Force, and Liz Sowers, formerly of the uh, Kansas City team, and also West Michigan Mayhem, uh, where she started her career. So that's a very big plateau to reach. Um, and I just want to say congratulations oh, yeah. to Adrian Sounds Smith. Adrian Smith, I mean, all-world all wide receiver. Just a, a, another accolade in her bag, you know what I mean? So just awesome. yep. shout out to Adrian. Always doing it. She's at high level all the time, and uh, she's awesome. Uh, Mark, Conyeldi Con comes back. Uh, D.C. looks very impressive against Baltimore. They get Tampa Bay. Uh, Inferno must win for them, I think, in a lot of ways. I think so. You know, Tampa Bay wants to show that they can compete, you know, on this level. They didn't fare very well against uh, Boston, and uh, so now they have a chance here against the Divas. But I think the Divas look pretty good, you know. Um, they're, they're a very tough team. We've got with Congialdi back. Um, that's just, you know, extra. Uh, quite frankly, they seem to be doing pretty fine, you know, um, with Congialdi on the on the sidelines, but now that she's back, if she gets in a groove, um, Tampa Bay will have a very hard time uh, keeping up with the Divas. So that's going to be the WFA rundown uh, for us. Uh, these are week six, uh, the week five games, Minnesota Arlington and pro Cali versus Nevada and pro Boston versus Pitt. We'll get all the links and everything that you need to know about at the hub at facebook.com for slash to get you ready for your WFA uh, weekend in pro. Also, don't forget to check out the WFA Road to Canton show. It should come out, I believe, on Thursday, so don't forget to miss it. They'll have previews of the Week 4 action that happened in Nevada, uh, that ha- the action that happened in Boston. Uh, also, Cali War beating Arizona, St. Louis beating DD, uh, uh, Derby City, Pittsburgh taking down Tri-State, and then uh, D.C. versus Baltimore. So pretty uh, information there uh, in terms of the Road to Canton. So, uh, Mark, Vire Sports, we're all glued every week to the WNFC, uh, you know, nationwide. Week five, uh, the Prodigy did put up eight points on the T, uh, you know, the Spartans. But as always, after the second half, the adjustments are made, and the third quarter, the last two weeks, the last the third quarters have been just huge beatdowns for both Mississippi and Washington. I think it's pretty clear that anybody who faces the Spartans in the future is going to have to like make a special effort to contain them in the third quarter. Uh, Cause as you've mentioned over the these last two weeks, uh, that's, that's just, I don't know. Uh, that's the arsenic hour for the, whoever's facing the Spartans. Um, you're just getting killed there in the third quarter. You know what? I don't think they're giving, I, I, Odessa's not giving them Gatorade and they're just coming out just angry because they got no Gatorade at halftime. You know what I mean? <laughs> Something. I, I don't Talk know. She's, you know, said there'd be no cookies after the game. No I don't know what she's been saying, but. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. No no, no meals unless it's completed. All right. Uh, Washington, <laughs> kind of impressive, I guess, in a way, defensively. Uh, and then also, they did put up somewhat of a, a first half, you know, kind of like Mississippi. They did put up some offensive uh, effort in that. So. You know, but they a long way to go at this point. Uh, not at that level either. Uh, San Diego, we knew uh, Phoenix would not be a test at all. 
and uh, you know Adrian Gonzalez and Angie Barton and just a you know Regina Scotto. I mean, just uh, anyways, they just they just did what they do and uh, what they've done all season so far. And uh, Rebellion just they're poised for the playoffs at this point. I mean, given the the last couple weeks of the schedule, I think they're shooing. Oh, absolutely. And you know, I think uh, one of your guests from the from the Spartans kind of um, said the same thing during the interview earlier tonight that, you know, you're, you have to approach these games as, not only as games, you know, to uh, compete in, but uh, as preparing yourself playoffs. And, you know, I think definitely San Diego is another uh, team who has that kind of mindset. Um, so even when they're, you know, playing a team that's not going to be a match for them, um, they're still, you know, using that opportunity to get better. I mean, defensively, they're forcing fumbles. Defensively, we know what they're all about. Uh, they're very tall, uh, stout on defense. And then the fact that uh, Nenji's not uh, the focus point of the offense anymore this year, it's more of a run game, you know, complementary run game. It just makes them more deadly. Um, if you're Dion Lee, uh, Mark, uh, you are expecting a dogfight this weekend in Vegas. Oh, yeah, uh, no doubt. And, and this is certainly uh, a matchup that has been, uh, you know, circled from the beginning of the season. They, they know that this is a game that they want to win. And, uh, you know, they're going to need to be very, very prepared. And I, I'm, sh- I'm sure they will be. Um, and then they just have to play the game and see who executes the best. I think, you know, San Diego has shown throughout this season and last season as well that they're, they're very good at executing whatever it is that they want to do. Um, so Las Vegas has to get on that level and uh, keep their mistakes to a minimum. Um, you know, don't get, you know, bad penalties, um, no dropping the ball, no turnovers. Um, and just minimize those kind of mistakes so that they can um, – be in a position to win near the end of the game. All right. I'm going to tell you right now, um, if you're Vegas, not that Utah was a challenge, but this is, this would be a huge win for you in terms of this season. If you take down the rebellion. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, I think everybody will know that they're, uh, that they're, you know, contender, uh, true contender for the title if they can, uh, you know, beat the presumptive Western Conference champs in the Rebellion. All right, uh, Mark, uh, L.A. Uh, was to Oregon. We know Oregon's got issues on in terms of numbers and injuries, and I think that also hindered them from getting this win. Uh, L.A. did step up with some, um, you know, forced fumble, uh, but uh, overall they do edge Oregon 16-14. to 14. Uh, they get Utah this weekend, which is a big test for L.A. It's also a test for Utah to rebound after that Vegas loss. Yeah, Utah really needs to rebound off of this. And, um, you know, Los Angeles is not going to be the easiest uh, challenge for them to get that rebound victory. But I, I do think that they have uh, the defense and the numbers to contain Los Angeles and keep their point total down. And 
you know, the, the rest of the, what the Falcons have to do is just con- convert opportunities on their offense, which they've had a little bit of trouble doing so far this season. So this is really a game where they need to sort of turn that around and get the sil- all the cylinders firing. Now, Atlanta, Mark, uh, what, a, uh, what an impressive two weeks for offense in terms of Atlanta. We knew what their defense was all about in the, in the couple week, last weeks. Now the offense starts to con- continue to put points up. I mean, they weren't explosive in, per se, but they did were able to contribute and put points up on the board, which is what they need to do, especially if they're going to go up against, uh, you know, the elite Spartans in that aspect of it, or if they're going up against Mississippi in, in another aspect of it. So um, they take down Florida. Florida struggling. Con- their struggles continues on offense. Their defense obviously is still somewhat decent, but uh, offensively they're struggling. Richardson and company, they're just not getting it done. Uh, they're dropping balls. They're not doing – the run game's not as strong. So Atlanta, Mark, this is a, a, a moment for them uh, in terms of a you know good season so far. And now they know offensively they can they're able to score, which we had a question mark before. So, you know, if you're the Phoenix, I mean, you're you're prime here for for a playoff run now. Absolutely, you know they're they're undefeated, and now they're about to face the Panthers, um, a team that is one and two, but still very dangerous. Um, Atlanta really needs to stay focused. They don't want to drop this game. Um, because you know Mississippi is the type of team that you know that that can surprise can do it to you right can surprise you they they've got offensive weapons they're pretty good on defense um so it could come down to a situation and um you know if the game gets out of you know slips away uh from Atlanta you know they could drop one um so they have to stay keyed in and stay focused um they've had a great season so far uh, 4-0, and they know that they're, you know, um, one of the big dogs in the Eastern Conference, and, um, you know, I, I don't think they want to, they don't want to slip, and so this is, uh, this is kind of a trap game, right? Mm-hmm. That's the way I'm seeing it, so, it so they got to make sure that they evade the trap. And in Mississippi, it's a big test for them, too, because transitioning, are you going to are you going to use uh, you know Jackson uh, as a receiver a slot receiver? Are you going to go with Housen as as a standard quarterback? I mean, there's a couple questions there on offense for Mississippi to get rolling here. You know, what which which trajectory offensively do they want to take? Because they don't have much time. Yeah, that's right. I, we we talked about a number of these things um, uh, last week, and um, since since they were on a bye, we you know we haven't seen what they've rolled out with, but you know they've had. They, now they have um, they've had an extra week to try and get things sorted out, come up with a game plan for the remainder of the regular season. So I'm definitely very interested to see um, how they come out, um, which of their players are playing which positions. Um, as you said, you know um, they need they need to find the thing that works and um, stick with it. All right, uh, Oregon uh, is going to go up against Seattle. It's a rivalry game. We know what the first week was in over double overtime, uh, so we will probably expect nothing less. Uh, like I said, Oregon is somewhat banged up. Seattle also banged up, from what I'm told. So there's two wounded teams here uh, battling for Northwest uh, right. So uh, Oregon, I believe, 
in the same boat as Seattle. It's a must win for both teams. They got to get the win. Yeah. I, I mean, playoff chances, I seem pretty far away now at this point for, for both teams, but a, you know, a win could definitely help turn the tide. Um, I, I kind of, you know, it, without knowing how deep the injury situations are in, in both of those uh, organizations, I kind of feel like Oregon probably has a better chance of, of um, you know, making the playoffs uh, as compared to Seattle at this point. But, you know, that could all change with this one game. I know we have uh, opportunity for both teams. Oregon really needs this win, I think, if they want to stay in, in that contention part. Seattle somewhat at the bottom of terms of the rankings. Um, and then we got Washington-Philly. Uh, Washington coming off that, uh, you know, uh, presentation to the elite Spartans, if you want to call it that. Um, so they <laughs> should, not, should not lose this game, right, Mark, um, against Philly. And if you're Philly, I mean, you've got you to gotta step up to this rivalry. It's, it's the East Coast matchup. Uh, I mean, you got to showcase some better football than you've been showcasing lately. Yeah, something. Um, you know, Washington, it was tough for Washington to, um, you know, take a couple losses. Now they're 2-2 two and two when they're 2-0. and oh. And um, so things, things probably feel very different there uh, with the Prodigy. But I, I think they, you know, this game against Philadelphia couldn't come at a better time. I, you know, I'm quite confident that Washington will will win this, and um, you know, they they don't want to see their chance at the playoffs, you know, take a step backwards with a loss to Philadelphia. All right, uh, KC, 32 to zero against Houston. The score does not uh, does not give us the reality of the matchup. At at one point. They were uh, at the half. I think it was only six to zero or nine to zero, and then in the second half, KC kind of broke out of it and stuff like that. So, got to give credit to Houston for keeping it tight and for two quarters. Offensively, they still got struggles. Defensively, they've they've they somewhat really good. It's just offense. They can't seem to get themselves going. No run game. Uh, a lot of uh, you know passes that were dropped. Uh, penalties in in general. Just uh, just not good on offense. And so. Kansas City just just get this win, but not it wasn't an easy win as the score uh, reflects. In other words, right? Um, you know, I, I definitely think that you know Houston has had a hard time kind of putting a whole game together, but you can see that you know they could they can put up a fight, right? Uh, that score is very close, as you mentioned, halftime, and you know the Heat played very well defensively in that first half against Kansas City. Um, well, they were going to get another chance this week. It's like um, back-to-back meetings between these two teams. So we'll, we'll see what adjustments that, you know, these teams can make um, after a week of practice. And, you know, will we see the same sort of game again, um, or will it be totally different? I'm, I'm kind of leaning toward Kansas City um, maybe – step on the, on the gas a bit faster. I, I, you know, I think they kind of figured out the heat um, after sort of like suffering with them on that first half. So I, I think they might come out. I, I don't know if, the, if Houston is going to show anything new on defense. So I kind of expected the glory to um, 
kind of start putting up points a little bit quicker this week. I know uh, Kansas City is, if they get through Houston, uh, their big test will be Texas. So this is a kind of a tune-up. you got to get your stuff together because then you're going to go up against Texas. So that's uh, kind of like what you got to look at it, you know, kind of a scrimmage game against Houston if you want to consider that at all. Um, we got Denver, Phoenix. Uh, I think if you're Phoenix and if you're Phoenix all the way around, you know, shout out to you on defense. Offense, you're a mess. You got to get it together on offense because it's just not happening. And if you're Phoenix, if you want to get a upset game, or if you want to just get a win with an upset feel, right? Uh, who better team to do it to to the Denver Bandits, who are not offensively uh, very good? Yeah, that's right. And we've been saying this for a little while now that you know Denver really has to get their offense going. Um, you know, we can tell by watching the games that, you know, they're certainly able to move the ball. You know, they they have talent at quarterback and a wide receiver. They can, you know, run the ball and push ahead forward. They just haven't seemed to find a way to, to score a lot of points. Something always happens, like, you know, a turnover or, the, you know, a penalty or something like that kills their drives. Um, so, you know, if you're, if you're the Phoenix Prowlers, you are you're looking at a team that certainly is a good team, a team that's got three wins and um, no losses thus far. But you know you're also looking at a team that doesn't score a lot of points. You know, and you, you got to think, hey, if we can score a couple touchdowns, if we can score one touchdown on offense and one touchdown on defense, we could win this game. Um, so um, that's what it is. You know, I, I think happen, the problem I, I don't know. Really, have shown the, the opportunity to to upset here. Uh, this is you know we talk about like a you know like a game that they can take away if they can somehow mm-hmm. offensively do really well and and hold back like you said this Denver offense that is not that good uh, on defense the Prowlers are somewhat decent so if they can take advantage of their defensive efforts uh, you know Terry Lister and company could get their first loss. Yeah, you know, things happen in football. Big plays can completely, you know, change the outcome of a game just in one snap, right? So when you're Denver and your games are all score games, um, you know, it's easy to look back at the game. You say, wow, you know, this person, they almost made a huge play against us. Luckily, we got them, you know, pushed them out of bounds or something, but you know, if if they turn that corner and, you know, we didn't knock them out, you know, we could have lost that game. I, I'm, I'm sure they could find a number of examples in the games that they've played. So, you know, if, if, I'm, if I'm Denver, I'm sorry, if I'm Phoenix, I, I'm looking to create a big play. Yeah, this is a rivalry game too, but this is a, this is a statement game for the, for the Prowlers. I mean, this is what I would look at it because – if they can step up and they can get a big win against uh, uh, Denver, then it, the big win against Denver is, a, is also going to be a reflection on Denver by saying, okay, we've gone, we've gone three weeks with close games, and all of a sudden we give up this, this win to, what, the lowest-ranked team in the WNFC? That's not a good thing. Right. So not a good thing. So um, uh, Terry, I'm pretty sure he's listening. He's, got, he's working his butt off right now, right, trying to figure out how to score more uh-huh. points. He's like a madman out there typing it up uh, on the playbooks. Um, 
Mark, before we get out of here, uh, we got a couple minutes here. Uh, action in Canada. So we'll leave off there. Uh, there's also action yeah. in Mexico. You can go to the hub and get the, the results there. LaFay as well. Um, Saskatoon, no surprise, 43 to 14 against Manitoba. Uh, Regina, 68 to 0 against Winnipeg. And then Calgary, 69 to 0 against Lethbridge. So uh, not a, uh, you know, impressive weekend in terms of if you're Winnipeg or Lethbridge, but uh, if, if you're everybody else, it was a very great kickoff weekend. Um, you know, I, I think no matter what kind of scores uh, they ended up with, it would have been a great weekend for football, considering that, you know, it's been two years since uh, the WWCFL has kicked off. So I, I'm sure everybody's elated to be playing football, watching football, um, just being out on the field or in the stands uh, cheering for for these teams that play this weekend. All right, and then uh, we got to mention, uh, if you guys didn't check it out, go check it out, International Friendly uh, from France, 18-6, uh, to 6, uh, Team All-Star France defeated Team All-Star Finland, and that was on a friendly out there, so you guys can get it right there live at the hub. Uh, that was an international clash at the Euro, a Euro event there. Uh, also, uh, you got also the uh, Week 6, uh, Stockholm, 38-8 to 8 over North Copen. Uh, and then you got Gothenburg also winning as well, so we got the results there as well. So, uh, Mark, just looking forward to this huge weekend once again. Uh, Nevada uh, against Cali War in the WFA. I think that's the focus game for me. Um, and then it's going to be uh, your your Renegades against Pittsburgh. Two games in the WFA in terms of the Pro Division. And then in the WNFC Week Six, we're talking about San Diego Vegas for sure. That's one of the matchups as well. And then you have um, ATL versus Mississippi. That's right. You know, this is always kind of my favorite part of the the season. Just after, you know, you get through that halfway point and, you you know, teams know where they stand and they know what they need to do and every game becomes, like, more important. So I'm looking forward to this slate of awesome games too. All right, guys, uh, Vire Sports for all the WNFC action. If you haven't downloaded it, go there, Vire Sports. And if you're looking for the WFA Game of the Week, it's on FTF. And I don't know if it's going to be Minnesota-Arlington. I think it was originally scheduled. So I don't know if they'll transfer it to Cali, Nevada. So we'll, get the, we'll reach out to Brian and see what game it's going to be actually on the FTF account. But don't forget to get, check out the WNFC Checkdown uh, this coming weekend as well. We'll get us a link right there at the Hub. And, and also the Road to Canton for the WFA Road to Canton show with uh, Brian Sweeney and Lois Cook and uh, uh, Brandy J. So uh, for the absent uh, Holly Custis, uh, Nate Ward, also for the uh, absent Terry Lister, myself, Oscar Lopez, and Mark Simone saying we'll catch you here for 424 as we get into the deep part of the season for both the WFA and WNFC. So, uh, Mark, it's going to be exciting. Uh, I'll be watching your boxing game on Revere. Yeah, thanks. I'll be there. <laughs> Have a great night, okay? Enjoy it. You you too. Bye. It's the fastest-growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy-to-play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50.